Welcome. I'm Warren Odess Gillette, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. Welcome to A Baha'i Perspective. I recorded an interview with Andrew Sperandeo on October 18, 2022. Andy's an experienced and well-versed musician in many disciplines of music, including guitar, singing, composing, arranging, teaching, and music producing. And he's been performing for over 25 years. He selected a number of musical compositions for the interview that feature his guitar virtuosity and his singer-songwriter capabilities. We also talk about his pursuit of becoming a musical therapist. I started the interview by asking Andy where he grew up and what was it like growing up there? Well, I was born in uh, Freehold, New Jersey, which actually is the same hometown as Bruce Springsteen, which is kind of of a neat little fact there. I moved to Miami around age 14 to my early 20s and then wound up in Texas about 1995. And so in Jersey, it was... It's kind of like that's your nostalgic part. You know, you think about like you're in the Northeast and I do miss the change of seasons and all that from Freehold. And I do have fond memories of this time of year there. And it was kind of hard to go to Miami, but Miami was basically where I really got my feet wet with music. And so there were good things about that aspect of it, really being around some great musicians in Miami. The beaches were, of course, awesome. Really, I was ready to get out of there. (laughs) And Texas was like a really... um, a nice kind of segue between a lot of things. And my family was here. And What was religious life like while you were in those places? Well, my father is from Sicily and my mom's from Bogota, Colombia. And so they're both from a Catholic. So we were raised pretty staunch in that faith. And so we'd go, you know, religiously, no pun intended, every Sunday to church. And I even got my first communion and confirmation there in New Jersey. But, you know, honestly, after my parents split up, my mom stopped going to church. And so I stopped going and eventually became really disillusioned by mainstream religion. However, though, I still always felt the connection to something greater than myself. I didn't know what what that was, but that never left me. And what was your spiritual journey that then led you to the Baha'i faith? Well, because of that connection, you know, I, I did a lot of investigating in my early 20s and 30s. I just felt like, again, there was something more and maybe there was an answer in one of these faiths. And just honestly, I didn't really feel anything out of those that little investigation, except for, you know, within Buddhism, there were certain principles that stuck with me and like elimination of greed and hatred and, you know, some of the obvious things. But again, not, not enough to feel like I want to be a Buddhist, you know. I felt pretty content with my spiritual connection until... Uh, about 20 years ago, there was a young Baha'i or young adult Baha'i that started taking lessons from me. And right away, I felt there was something really different about him. And it was kind of a really dark time for me. I felt really isolated. And and here was this person that just came across as really kind of enlightened. And it was my age. Like, he was totally different from other people my age. And so the more I learned about him, the more I started asking questions and what came up was what's called the Ruhi Institute, which is a, a set of books within the Baha'i faith that cover different areas of spirituality. At the center we have in Dallas, the old Dallas Baha'i Center, he said they were offering uh, this what's called a study circle there. 
And it's so funny though, he never asked me to it, but I, I was so intrigued. I said, well, do you mind if I go to this? And he said, oh yeah, sure. So I went one night, it was great. I mean, like again, around this table where I was about probably my late 20s, early 30s. And these people were about around that age from all different backgrounds. I mean, here at this table, this first night were people from Cameroon and Australia and of course, Texas and from different faiths, you know, from Jewish background to like me, Christian background and, and Baha'is, of course. And it's like, I was blown away. Like, I mean, you don't hear about this kind of thing where there's such community and such unity amongst such different, you know, aspects of being human. And the conversation was enlightened and rich. And I just was taken aback. And of course, this, the study of it within the book, you know, the, we covered different quotes from uh, the, the founder of uh, Baha'i Faith. Uh, his name is Baha'u'llah. So within these books, we have some uh, quotes from Baha'u'llah as well as Abdul Baha, his son. For me, it's, I mean, all these quotes were like, well, yeah, of course I believe that. Of course I believe that. It's common sense. And it's, so at that point, I kind of realized if there's so many people in the world in this faith that believe what I believe and are striving for what I believe, why go this road alone? And so after my book one, I yeah, signed my card and been uh, involved with the faith ever since. When did your interest in music begin, and was guitar your first instrument? Yeah, so back when I was really young, I think maybe six or seven, I remember just hearing some songs on the radio, and for some reason I, I would gravitate towards separating out bass lines and drums and all the rhythms and all that. And so even from that young age, I kind of felt some, some kind of connection to music. And so when I was around 10 years old, my brother was taking some guitar lessons, and a guitar was sitting around. I just picked it up and started messing with it. Of course, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, you know, I messed around for a couple of years, actually, on my own, trying to pick up. This is pre-YouTube and all that, where people can easily just learn something like that. So I just had to try to figure things out on my own for a couple of years. And then around age 14, when I moved to Miami, there was an offer to take lessons for classical guitar, and I said, yeah, sure. And so I studied classical guitar for a couple of years, and um, I really enjoyed it. By the time I was ready to go to college, you know, of course, hmm, what should I do? And I really felt like I wanted to do music, but I wanted to do more than just play classical performance stuff. And so the other option, of course, in, in college levels, you do jazz, you do classical. And jazz really spoke to me because it's truly improvisational and self-expression and exploratory, and and I was really into creating things. So so yeah, so I started studying jazz in Miami, and then a couple years later, transferred to uh, UNT here in Dallas, Texas, and got my bachelor's in jazz studies performance, and then got my master's in jazz arranging composition, I'm trying to work as a musician the best I can. And you teach music. Where do you teach, and do you find it rewarding? Yeah, so actually, believe it or not, I'm coming up to my 30th year of teaching started teaching privately at, at age 20. I taught various private locations throughout Miami and Texas. But after graduating from uh, UNT, I got a position at university as director and arranger for their contemporary ensembles, as well as applied guitar and bass professor. But what happened was about six years ago, or 2016, I got really sick. And long story short, I was in and out of hospital for about the last six years with three major surgeries and mm. and basically I had to give everything up. I stopped teaching, stopped playing, just was in full recovery mode and trying to get my life back together. And then COVID hit after all that, 
it was kind of a mutual thing where they were looking for somebody to move there. By the way, SFA University is four hours away from where I live. I was commuting. And uh, so I decided, just I think me and my wife both decided it was just too much and emphasized everything else that happened. So at that point, after getting sick and COVID hitting, we all, it just was a mutual thing where we decided to stop doing that. But what happened during that time, I was introduced to a thing called music therapy, which to me made all the sense in the world to pursue this because then music takes on a whole new life, not just for myself, but truly for service for other people. And it's sustainable, you know. So essentially, uh, I started a second master's program at well, TWU, it's Texas uh, Women's University, a year and a half ago or so. And through that, I was offered a position at a company called Kidlinks, which I currently work for. And I do therapeutic music entertainment for uh, children in a Children's Hospital in Dallas and Plano. I mean, I still teach and I still perform, but I'm really striving to have some more balance in my life than just teaching, essentially. So I guess that balance includes playing out and, and composing? Exactly. So within the music world, the balance would include teaching, performing, like you mentioned, doing music therapy, hopefully, when I graduate, composing. And then outside of that, of course, is personally to be able to be, you know, enjoy life, you know, be right. able to spend time with the family instead of just working. So, Andy, I asked you to select a few songs you've written to feature on the interview. And the first one is called Honesty. And I listened to the song, and I really like the complexity of the music in this piece. I'm assuming there are other people that play on this piece, and I'm wondering if you want to give a shout-out to the musicians that play on this song. I asked some good friends and fellow colleagues from UNT play on a couple of charts in the studio a couple of years back. And on sax is Alex Fraley, just an amazing sax player, Jeff Plant on bass, and Efran Magia Guzman on drums and percussion, all professional musicians in the DFW area. And what inspired you to write this song and in this way? Well, as I mentioned, um, I always felt a connection to something more substantial. And so as far as subject matter goes, it seems like whenever I write a lyric to a tune, it always gravitates towards some kind of spiritual quality. So for example, this song, Honesty, I have other songs named Patience, Balance, Modesty, etc. As far as composition itself, well, that kind of stems from, you know, different influences throughout my life or musical experiences. I always gravitated towards music that had, you know, some more twists and turns in it, maybe not as simple and not always resolving the way you think they should. So for some reason, I kind of like to be surprised, you know, in music. So I tend to write that way if, if I kind of hear things maybe going a slightly different way than where they should.
hiding behind a veil What lies beneath, lies beneath Pretending to know
I'm speaking with Andrew Sperandeo, who is a musical therapist in training. He is a composer, and we're listening to selected pieces that he chose to feature on this interview. And we just listened to the piece, Honesty. Now, the next piece is Blessed is the Spot. And here you've put a prayer written by Baha'u'llah to music. What inspired you to write this melody for this prayer? So for this one, I, I tried to first and foremost pay homage to a uh, Dash Cross version. You know, there are certain prayers that have been put to music, Baha'i prayers and put to music that have become kind of like known repertoire by Baha'is. And so this is one of those, at least for what I, my experience has been, that you know most people tend to sing this melody for Blessed is the Spot. And so I started with that as my bass, and then I heard a couple years ago uh, the version on the Black Men's Gathering compilation, which is another group of Baha'is who put together a compilation CD. It has a lot of soul to it and all that, and I, I thought it was, the harmonies were really awesome, and the the chord progressions they chose were, was really great. So I just took those two and kind of mirrored them together, but also you know put my own thing to it, reharmonized it a bit, and created my own arrangement of it and extended it out a little bit longer and different chord progression towards the end. But mainly those are the two influences on that one.
So I'm speaking with Andrew Sperandale, who is a musician and is in training to be a musical therapist and is a composer. And, and we just listened to a song that he put together using the words from a Baha'i prayer written by Baha'u'llah to song, to a melody. It's called Blessed is the Spot. Andy, the next piece is your composition for an assignment that was given to you for your music therapy training. And it includes words from the Baha'i writings. Why did you pick the Baha'i writings you did for this assignment? There's different areas of music therapy you can work towards. And for some reason, I have this affinity towards wanting to work in a hospice setting and or assistant living. One of the areas we were studying at this time was called context thinking. And within context thinking, part of that philosophy is that you try to find out more about what the person believes or stands for, and you apply that to the therapy itself. And so in this case, I try, I created a, a setting where I was in hospice and imagined a person who was a member of the Baha'i faith and stood by the principles of the Baha'i, Baha'i faith. And so I try to choose writings that were appropriate for that setting that would bring more peace to that person you know, while going through this difficult time in their life. So what inspired the melody for this piece that you wrote for your assignment? The melody was inspired by the progression or the chord changes that I wrote. In general, when I write a melody, I usually start with what naturally comes out while I'm playing through the piece, basically to evolve past the basic melody. Sometimes I use tools like what's called common tones and voice leading from harmony to harmony. And so essentially after all that, that's what basically came out in this, this melody. Oh Lord, my God, my haven in my distress, my shield and my shelter in my woe, my asylum and refuge in times of And in my loneliness, my companion. And in my anguish, my solace. And in my solitude, a loving friend. The sorrows and the partner of my sins only unto thee do I turn towards thee only do I turn towards thee? So I'm speaking with Andrew Sperandale, 
who's a musician, guitarist, musical composer, singer-songwriter, and he's studying to be a musical therapist. And this last piece was a composition that he did for an assignment in his training based on the writings of the Baha'i Faith. The next piece is the moment of now. So what inspired you to write this piece? So this is another one that, you know, kind of geared towards that idea of developing some kind of spiritual quality. I think it all goes back to, you know, when I was searching before I was a Baha'i, that I needed some kind of direction. <laughs> so I was kind of giving myself direction through, or maybe I was, you know, it was God inspired and God was giving me direction through these lyrics. But this one particularly is to remind myself to continue to strive to obtain these qualities day to day. And so in the moment of now, as it sounds, it's like trying to live in the moment of now, appreciating what the moment has to offer, trying not to dwell on the past so much or worry too much about the future. So it was written around the time also I was doing also a lot of meditating and all that. So it was kind of like the idea about letting everything go and deep breathing and all that kind of thing. Can be found. 
So I'm speaking with Andrew Spirindale, a guitarist and singer-songwriter, and he's also in training to be a musical therapist. And we had just listened to his piece called Moment of Now. The next piece, Andy, is music you composed to a Baha'i prayer. Why did you pick this prayer, and what inspired the melody and arrangement? Well, this prayer is called... Uh... Uh, aid and assistance prayer in the Baha'i faith has always been one of my favorite prayers to recite. And, you know, same as before, the melody kind of generally stems from a collection of voice leading common tones and natural resolutions throughout the change in harmony. Of course, as I've been around the faith, within our faith, we have a lot of Baha'is from Iran. There's a very specific thing they do a lot of times called chanting. So, they do a lot of Persian chanting of prayers at uh, devotional gatherings or what have you. I mean, as a musician, I can really appreciate the complexity of what they're singing and how they're singing and the technique that they sing. So part of the song is I tried to emulate that a little bit. Like there's a bridge section of the song where it goes to what's called harmonic minor, which kind of has that dark minor sounds. And I try to capture a little hint of that Persian chanting. My God, my adored one, my King, my desire, what tongue can voice my thanks to Thee? Heedless, and thou didst awaken me. I had turned back from thee. I had turned back from thee. One dead 
didst quicken me with the water. So I'm speaking with Andrew Sperandeo, a guitarist and musical composer and singer-songwriter, and he's training to be a musical therapist. And the last song we just played is a composition to a Baha'i prayer. Now, Andy, you had mentioned that there are a lot of Iranians in the Baha'i community. Can you give folks a small explanation of why that is for the Baha'i community? 
Sure. Actually, the Baha'i faith has its roots in Iran and the Middle East. So that's why we have a lot of people from that area. And of course, from there, it has expanded throughout the globe. But that's where it had its roots. And the Baha'is in Iran are a persecuted minority. As a result, there's a large diaspora of Iranian Baha'is all over the world escaping the uh, persecution there in Iran. The last piece we're going to play is called Lost But Found, in which you include an arrangement of Amazing Grace in the song. What inspired you to create this composition? So originally, uh, this was part of my master's arranging composition recital requirement at UNT. We had to take a pre-composed piece and reimagine it and reharmonize it with new composition and what have you. However, um, more recently, like a year ago, for a multicultural course for my music therapy degree at TWU, an assignment was given around the same time, you know, it was George Floyd and the advent of Black Lives Matter. My thinking was that Amazing Grace is, you know, a traditional Christian gospel hymn, and that seem, seemingly transcends, you know, color barrier and sung by pretty much all sects of Christianity. So I thought it was like the perfect vehicle to use as a base for this assignment, so which was geared towards social justice. So the message depicts a lot of the human race, especially with the line lost but found, depicting our struggle to find our way spiritually and to uh, find common ground working towards eventually the hope is to achieve unity. So the images in the video depict this struggle, but you can see towards the end that it shows examples of unity, which builds to the very last frame where I put in quotes by Abdul Baha, which again is the son of Baha'u'llah, founder of the faith, from Advent of Divine Justice, which basically culminates in, you know, world unity is, is the ultimate goal.
amazing grace how sweet the sound that once saved a wretch like me i was once so long was blinded but I came to see Was that grace when it finally appeared on the hour I first came to?
Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that once saved the wretch like me. I was once so lost, but now I am found, was blinded, but I came to So I'm speaking with Andrew Sperandeo, a guitarist, singer-songwriter, and we've been listening to a number of pieces that he's composed. And the last piece is called Lost But Found, the foundation of which was the old hymn Amazing Grace. Andy, where can people find your music? So currently I have... My website, which is Sparendeo Music at Weebly.com, or my YouTube channel, which is Andy Sparendeo at YouTube. However, I've been slowly trying to finish recordings and get everything on Spotify. So hopefully, if not by the end of the year, a little after, we can start having everything on Spotify available too. But I will continue to try to release things on those two other sites as well. Well, Andy, I want to thank you so much for taking this time to share your music with us. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Andrew Sparandeo, experienced and well-versed musician in many disciplines of music, including guitar, singing, composing, arranging, teaching, and music producing, and has been performing for over 25 years. You can find his music at his YouTube channel under his name, Andy Sparandeo. I'll end the program with a cover of Stevie Wonder's song, As, by Andy. You can find this interview and other interviews on the website abahighperspective.com and on the YouTube channel, A Baha'i Perspective. You can find the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. For information specifically on the Baha'i Faith, you can go to the website baha'i.org, 
or you can call the number 1-800-22UNITE. I hope you'll join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective. Just for the sun denies itself. Oh.